The Law Report with Tyrone Key. And a very good evening to you from tonight's Law Report program. Well, as you know, once a month here on the Law Report, we run a legal clinic trying to answer a range of questions on a number of different topics. And tonight, being the second Monday of the month, it's again time to open the lines for you to ask that particular legal question that doesn't quite fit into the other topics we discuss here on the program. Well, before we begin, just a reminder that there's a list of available documents on the Facebook page, and I've I've updated it, so there's quite a lot of new ones. The Facebook page is Law on SAFM. If you'd like any of them, post a message on Facebook, but please remember to include your email address, or if you don't have access to Facebook, you can email me on law at safm.co.za, and I can send you a copy of the list so you can choose what you want. Well, I'm joined once again this evening by Attorney Nicolene skuman Lo, a director of skuman Chaka Attorneys, Conveyances and Nurseries Public Practicing here in Cape Town. Nicolene, welcome back to the show. It's nice to have you again. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, if, if you have any questions for us, you can call us now on 0892 10 2010, 2010. Well, the last time you were here, you were here with Nzor, and we were talking mm. about business and companies and all sorts of things and uh, triple BEE and all that sort of thing. And you've got a symposium, I think you're planning on a BEE symposium coming up in May sometime. Yes, um, it's very much in the, the early planning phases at the moment. Um, so we haven't fixed the specific date and venue and all those things as yet. But um, we can say that it will take place at the end of the month of May. And it would be a full two-day event as the plans now stand. And it would really be to dis- demystify all all the aspects regarding BEE, all the misunderstandings, all the misconceptions, and very much focus on how BEE works together with strategy within business and how it aims to make business more competitive through making it more representative of of our economy. So it's really what the title says, demystifying the myths. And um, yeah, we look forward to announcing some of our keynote speakers. We intend to have some panels discussing this. So uh, it would be it would be really a, a good event. But closer to the time, I'll most definitely share all the information. It will obviously take place in Cape Town. And um, hopefully we can get some uh, participation on, on contribution level as well as debate level. And essentially we want to have a very open um, discussion about the topic and see how we can learn from each other's approaches and what has worked, what hasn't worked, and, and very much follow through on that. Now, I called it the BEE Symposium. Does that include triple BEE? Or yeah, it does. Most people refer to triple BEE as BEE only. Um, it's it's the technical term. is is the full triple BEE. So um, yes, it will it's be focusing on that. Thing. Yeah, it's all the same thing. Some people still for, um, have referred to it under the old dispensation in terms of the old acronym, um, and and others have already moved with the times and and refer to it as broad based black economic empowerment, which is what the triple B essentially stands for. Right. Also, for you listening out there, if you're wanting to find out more about all different topics and different aspects of the law, I advise you to go to Nicolene's website. It's www.skumanlaw.co.za, and there's a host of information. There's all sorts of things. And one of the things that you have is your monthly newsletter. Yes. Now, I was having a look at the last one. You were talking about the upcoming Protection of Personal Information Act. 
Um, yes, uh, we would. We're very much like to put it out there that our newsletter is absolutely free of charge. So if you want a, a copy of it, it's um, also I often say to new clients, it, it's not a let me sell you something kind of newsletter. It's more um, a summary of the latest developments in small bite-sized pieces so that business owners can uh, digest it, can implement it, can learn, we can share our knowledge. So if anyone is interested in a BE symposium coming up or sharing any of the information, you get it before it goes onto the website and Twitter and Facebook and all those things. Um, please feel free to subscribe on the website. There's a nice block over there. And it's all free of charge. All free of charge. Um, we we also, um, or I've committed myself to writing a series of articles on the Protection of Personal Information Act, or as we refer to it, Poppy. Um, and it's quite topical at the moment. Coincidentally, together with the BE amendment codes, this piece of legislation was passed. So... The triple BE codes, as amended, will come into effect in October 2014, and Poppy will become effective in November 2014. So it's quite similar, um, and there are quite a few similarities, uh, between the, um, the CPA or Consumer Protection Act coming into operation together with the Companies Act, also a month apart, quite coincidentally, and one of the two relating to personal information. Of course, the CPA or the Consumer Protection Act in terms of consumer relations and though that related uh, the information that you would collect and distribute. Poppy is much wider than that. It, it will regulate the collection of personal information regarding that which you'll collect from your customers, for credit controlling purposes or opening an account or putting them on your database, stakeholder, we think due diligence, if you want to contract with someone else or merge or whatever the case may be. And then of course employees, every employee that we take on, we get a copy of their ID, we get next of kin details in case they don't show up one day that we know who to phone to make sure they're okay and all those practical measures that we take as employers. And essentially, this piece of legislation is going to tell us what we are able to collect, how we are able to collect it, for how long we are able to keep it, and how we are able to keep it, in a nutshell. Uh, this whole process is called processing of the information. And processing is described quite widely to include all these actions of collection, um, uh, processing it in terms of putting it into your systems, um, uh, summarizing it, storing it, and eventually destroying it if you no longer need it, how so it doesn't get leaked and so on. How long it, it, do, you, do you know will they be able to keep our information for? Well, in, again, here we have an... It's also like the Consumer Protection Act, the law of general application. So it will apply to all industries um, except for attorneys and not that we've been exempted. In other words, that we don't have to uphold these standards. We've already been bound to holding these standards in terms of client confidentiality, which has been with us for a very long time. So, in, in fact, since the uh, since the creation of our uh, profession. So... Um, the poppy is is an interesting uh, interesting bit of legislation to digest because it's not so much about how long you keep the information as to how you keep the information. Um, many writers have suggested that business owners should assess whether 
the information they are collecting from employees, stakeholders, customers is necessary. And if it is to get the relevant consent to collect it and to keep it for a specific period of time, after which you undertake to destroy it in a specific manner. So you can't just sell, throw it away, and then you don't shred it. Well, what sort of safeguards <laughs> are they going to be in place for something like this? I mean, you could say, for just take the bank, for example. Yeah. Every time you go into the bank, they want a copy of your ID. I mean, surely yes. they've still got it from the last time you were there. But they keep wanting the thing. I don't know if they lose it. <laughs> what do they do with it? But they keep asking for the copy of the ID because you keep having to reca fika, whatever it is you have to do every time you go into the bank. Now, who's going to be watching them shred this thing? Who knows? Um, that's one of the, they are establishing all sorts of structures, ombud structures and a regulatory structure and all of that in, in line with what, what has happened with the consumer protection legislation where you've got an ombud structure and a regulator and all of those things together with your credit reg regulations as well. So it's following the same spirit and um, it's very much following an international trend of um, trying to curb identity theft in some some instances um, and also of people's personal information lying around all over the place. Now, of course, if, if we think about how um, the Oscar Pistorius case is being televised, um, one of the big issues is then social media and, and it was challenged on day one of that trial, for example. So, um, how you tweet, what you tweet, what you Facebook about someone else, about your employer, about someone who's made you unhappy could contravene this piece of, piece of legislation because we're not just talking about an ID document. We're talking about people's beliefs, their religion, their culture, any type of personal information that you would share that you, that you would hold dear and do not want to be in the public space necessarily. So... I think social media may become our own worst enemy if we don't look at how we do it and, and what we do in just, going forward. Just to remind you, you're listening to The Law Report this evening, joined by attorney Nicolene Skuman-Lowe. And if you have any questions for us, you can call us on 0892-102010, I know we're talking about the protect, Protection of Personal Information Act that's coming up, but uh, Nicolene is her passion, wills and estates and anything mm. to do with that. So if you have any questions along those lines as well, please feel free to call. Don't have to call about what we're discussing right now. It's anything that you want to talk about. Um, how common is this, something like this, this act internationally? Are we the, I mean, is it ha does it happen everywhere else? Have they all got these kinds of protection of personal information acts or are we kind of the first? No, I think um, America has, has, <laughs> has long surpassed us in, in that. They've got a very sophisticated banking system in terms of FICA, um, or what we know as FICA, in other words, know your client. Similarly, the UK has a very sophisticated know your client system, in other words, to check what the identity of a person is and maybe social media and and all these technological advances that we've seen in the last couple of decades has given rise to needing something like this um i must say i was pretty shocked i was in a in a shop the other day a retail store i won't mention any names <laughs> and um i saw someone's id lying on the floor behind the counter where um, some credit um, applications were being processed and that kind of thing will will get you into trouble. Um, anyone could 
could take a photograph of it and use it for who knows what sinister purpose. So it's really about tightening up on your internal processes as a business and keeping information in a safe, responsible way, um, whether it relates to your employees or else. Yeah, so we all have to be a little more careful because it's oh. not only up to big business to watch themselves, it's up to yeah, us as well. Yes, yes. To watch what we're doing. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those overly neurotic types and uh, I have a shredder and I had a strip shredder, so it's shredded mm. in strips and that wasn't good enough. So I've just mm. got myself a new one that shreds it in little tiny pieces now. <laughs> so every, everything gets shredded. And this one is fabulous because it even shreds credit cards. So if you ha your credit oh, card wow. expires and you need to get a new one, you can actually shove it through this thing and it shreds credit cards. I mean, so we, I'm, I'm that neurotic. <laughs> so. I mean, if we just think about how broad this is, if you snip up your credit card in the old-fashioned way and Someone some person stick it together. sticks it together and clones your card as, as the new language goes, really hijacking your personal information is much wider than just that ID that was lying around mm. behind the counter. Or saying something nasty about your ex-employer on Facebook may get you into a range of trouble regarding defamation, but now there's an added little, little issue. So it could go both ways depending on the situation, of course. Right, so I think we all, maybe we should start practicing being a lot more careful now already before the act comes into effect. When is this in October? November. November. Okay. November, not that far. No, okay. it sounds far. So start practicing so being did April. careful. Yes, it did. <laughs> right, we have a call on the line. John in Durban, good evening. Good evening. Hello, how can we help you this evening, John? Okay, I have a question about tracks with cell phone service providers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You enter into a contract. Um, with a tariff, etc. Yes. Then you receive your bill and you find that you've been billed for services that you haven't asked for. Yes. You then go back to the cell phone provider and say, I want a refund because I've never agreed to these services. Mm -hmm. But they have in fact billed you on behalf of a third party. Okay. Uh, it's the service is not coming, they say the service is not coming from, from them. Mm -hmm. but, but they're taking your money to pay a third party. Oh, wow. Now, now is this legal? Well, if you haven't um, agreed to it in any of the fine print of that contract, then absolutely not. Mm -hmm. no, the problem... I, sorry, carry on. The problem is with these, these um, providers, whether it's in the financial services industry or mobile, they they realize that the average person doesn't have the means to take them to court or the amount of money involved may not justify it. So they essentially get away with it time and time again. Um, I myself had a situation with a, a mobile provider and it's, it's really, if you can report them to the Consumer Commission and, and hope that one day when they get through their workload, they'll attend to yours and maybe there'll be a favorable outcome. But um, if in, from a legal perspective, if you haven't signed any agreement authorizing the deduction and it hasn't been explained and it's not contained in that document, then no, they're not empowered to take off the money. But they do it. But they do it. So, And you can't recover it from them. You can recover it from them if you institute a complaint with the Consumer Commission. Then at least the more people that start doing this, the, the better the chances that this will stop happening in future to other people.
I'm just trying to think. There's, there is a mobile phone sort of um, organization that you can report that to, but I can't, I can't for the life of me now remember what it is. Yeah, the Consumer Commission is quite quite um, on the ball. They're just inundated with all sorts of complaints, as mm. you'll understand. It's a national um, um, it's a national um, initiative. So I I wouldn't just leave it there, even if it's merely for public interest. And similarly, my complaint was also directed on that basis. How do you get hold of them? They've actually got a, a website, so you can just um, Google the Consumer Commission and then it's, um, a sim it's an ombud structure, so it's similar to the long ins uh, and short-term insurance ombud. Okay. We can find the details for you and post it on the Facebook page if that would help. No, I've got, I, can, I can Google it. I just, I've never heard of them. That's why I asked the question. No, no, it's the Consumer Commission. They were created in terms of the Consumer Protection Act. I see. Mm. So, so this type of um, unscrupulous practice, let's say, where, um, you know, you, you get this SMS, do this mm. to opt out, you don't even answer it, and the next thing you're getting billed for it, mm. um, they're all getting away with this and just stealing people's money. It's um, We've unfortunately seen some absolute horror stories. Um, I, I had a client, for example, who contacted a, a financier um, and had some email correspondence and somehow he clicked on something that agreed to subscribe to a service and subsequently they've proceeded to deduct um, 300 rand from his credit card um, which also the details that they got in a very very unsavory manner um, and he's now had to um, refer the matter to the Consumer Commission and to the National Credit Regulator because that institution is violating a whole range of laws. So all I can say is it's unfortunately fairly common. That's why we have consumer re re regulations assisting consumers now. Um, we need to use it. We need to start using it more aggressively in order to bring forward change. And, and if you decided to terminate your contract with the provider mm -hmm. because of this, mm -hmm. would that be reasonable grounds to terminate? Oh, of course. Um, in fact, the Consumer Protection Act um, states that you can terminate a fixed-term agreement with 20 working days' notice, which is a calendar month, even if you're in the beginning of your contract. Because up until now, with cell phone contracts, if you tried that, they would say, well, you owe us for the next two years. Yeah, because of the handset. Mm. Um, and again, the recommendation from the, the regulator in terms of consumer protection back then was to say you need to split the financing charge of the handset from the service charge. They can't run concurrently. You can't bundle services anymore. But they are still doing it. And so now, if you... if, if John cancels the contract, what would they, would they be forced to pay for the phone? You'll though? obviously have to pay for the phone. Unless you gave it back. Unless you gave it back, and then again, I doubt that they'll take it back if it's been a couple of months. Because again, they can say, yes, but they can't resell it. It's been used. It's it's no longer in its original packaging and all of that. Well, spot me. I keep the box, so I could always take the box <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah. Have you still got the box, John? Yeah, but it, I mean, it's 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 a minefield, isn't it? It's an absolute. Well, it's it's a just they're just stealing from the public, 
and and nobody's doing anything. Yeah, well, about see, that's it, the problem. They they want you to think it's a minefield, John, so that you won't take it any further. And it's not well, going to cost you anything to report it to the Consumer Commission. They're very user friendly. It's an ombud structure, so you you phone them, they send you the forms, you fill in the forms, you fax or email it back. And they take it from there. You don't have to involve an attorney. Many people choose to, but you don't have to. Well, I'll certainly do that. What about small claims court? Of course. Of course. Again, you don't need an attorney for that. And the threshold has um, increased. It used to be seven odd thousand rand, and now it's 10. So I'm, I'm pretty sure your claim should fall within the threshold. Yes, it will. It's so that's definitely, definitely an alternative. Okay, thank you very much for your help. Good luck, yes. John. Thank you. Thanks. Good night to you. If you have any questions, you can call us on 0892 10 2010. Anything you'd like to talk about, give us a call now. 0892 10 2010. Benny in Pretoria wants to talk about minimum standards information security document. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hi, Benny. How are you? Hi. I'm, I'm fine. Oscar. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. You're so, you so clear on your radio. More than 702. Oh, good. Okay, I'm glad you can hear us. That's great. We struggle to hear them, man. I don't know what is their signal. Problem. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're listening to us instead then. <laughs> I want to run through my questions very quickly, and I think I will see if they're able to write them down. What's her name again? Nicoline. I was Nicoline is able to write them very quickly. Okay. The first thing is we as government officials struggle to distribute memoranda because of the minimum security standards, mm -hmm. minimum information security standards. Mm -hmm. I do not know if there's anything that can be done because some of these memos are, are, are written classified. Mm -hmm. but, but some people open that memo and they read it before it even gets to cabinet. Mm -hmm. Where you have to print these things in braille, it means I would see those documents before anybody else, even before the ministers. Mm. So that's why we are struggling with a misdocument, just in case you violate it, because it's part of the policy. Yeah. But yeah. I hope you wrote it down. Okay. The, the second thing, very quickly, May Karim, we've yes. got a major problem of the social networks. Okay. Who can who can easily create a toilet facility? Mm called something else on Facebook. Oh, yeah, unfortunately. And spread, and spread false information about you. Mm-hmm. As a person. Now, I don't know how do we deal with that, because the court is not necessarily going to protect you, except if you put in a case of criminal injury. Mm-hmm. Right. The third one, quickly, is that the, I see a contradiction between the Promotion of Access to Information Act mm -hmm. and the Protection of Information Act. Mm -hmm. Now, these two, when I'm carried, clearly contradict each other. Mm -hmm. There are certain sections I can point out to you yeah, sure. that, that clearly contradict each other. Now, I don't know which one supersedes which one when we go to court. Mm. There's the one thing that actually still amazes me. So at least one knows when you get to court which one supersedes which one. Mm. The last point I want to make. Uh, the president of this country seems to think that he's more cleverer than all of us. There are clever lawyers out there like, like us 
who can poke arguments in the protection of information bill. Mm-hmm. The reason being that if your information is stolen, there must be clear protection, except the fact that you go and have an affidavit that your ID is lost. Mm. Can you see what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. There must be more protections. In fact, I'm saying to you, Karin, there must be checks and balances in the protection of information, which is not there. You can ask my mother's side. There is no constitutional protection. And this act is not going to pass any constitutional master, even in the highest constitutional court. Mm. That was my last point. So I would like, uh, Mama Karim, I would like there to answer all these questions as I've put them, and I'll try to be as brief as possible. Okay, Benny. Well, the first one was all to do with people seeing documents before the minister and things were in Braille, and okay. people would have we to see it see them. before. I be- see them before the minister. Mm. Mm. So what, what is, how does that work if it's, if it's confidential? Well, what if it... Confidential, yes. It's classified in, in, in government terms or confidential in private sector terms. Um, and obviously, um, we must remember that when the, you have these regulations, yes. that they must align with systems and processes, whether it's in yes. government or in private sector. So if something is classified, then from from the other side, in other words, the person who wants to protect the classification or the confidentiality as such needs to put yeah. measures in place that no one can access it easily in simple yeah. terms. So yeah. it's really something that should be addressed either in a regulation or in a in an amendment to the to the regulations and a new document. Yes, that's that's the only way in order to enforce it better. IT systems the new document is not a law. Yes, of course. Of course, a policy is a guideline. It's not a law. Ah, but um, that's why that's why I'm saying an amendment would be ideal yeah. and yeah. Um, or a guideline at the very least in the interim yeah. until the amendment has, has yes, taken yes, place. Yeah. But yeah, I, second one. And I, okay, the social then, with social media. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. social media, as I've mentioned with um, Poppy and, and what it could do to our society and what it could do to how we do things. Um, Facebook, Twitter can easily become a minefield or, um, you know, a a place of washing your laundry, let's put it that way. Before you proceed to the third one, there's a difficulty of uh, companies selling our information to banks or even banks selling our information to cell phone companies. And then you get these stupid insurance people calling you and saying, Oh, yeah. Mr. Mr. Karim, can I sell you a policy? Yeah. Now you wonder, where the hell does this man get my number? Well, I I actually know where some people are getting some of my information because one particular company spelt mm. my surname incorrectly and they have, no one else has ever done that except for this one company and now but i keep see, now yeah. i keep getting documents mailed to me or emailed to me with that surname with the wrong spelling and i know where it, it comes from and i phoned the it's company shocking. and i said to them you have sold my information no they said i said well where else would they get my yeah. surname looking like they that buy. from you were the only ones who spelt it like that no one else has done that that's yeah. it's so, absolutely yes. shocking yeah. i mean yeah. the, the thing okay, is ma'am. okay i'm going to the third one Okay. The um well basically with with Poppy we'll have to see what happens and wh- which um which piece of legislation will precede um or override supersede the other. Um yes. 
with time. I can similarly sit with you and, and I'm actually writing a series of articles on the topic. If you want, if you're interested in reading it, it's on our website or it should be appearing over the following months about all the discrepancies with other pieces of legislation. Let me know when to come to Cape Town. I'll call all my, my experts like Bo Helen and the other people. I think you know Helen very well. <laughs> Benny, I'll you, call you, her, you, I'll call you up can, and we'll, we'll feed them work on this temple. But Benny, you can actually find them. They'll be coming up on Nicolene mm. on the web on the, her website. Yes, it's yes. Schoolman Law. Last, que- last question, Mama. Let's not mm. waste current time now. Last question. Okay, well... Um, the last question? It was the checks and balances he was talking about checks as far as the two acts were concerned, yeah. Now the, again, you know, I wish I had all the answers, but this piece of legislation is, is really problematic. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say, and I'll be very honest about this, that it's followed the, the standard and the issues that we've seen in some other pieces of legislation following 2005. Um, yeah. It will have massive interpretation interpretive uh, issues that we'll have to deal with. It just shows you how careless your president is because he signs things without reading them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll have have to wait and see what happens in November when this act uh, becomes a bill. Yeah, and then of course, let's let's wait and and watch it closely and and see how it develops. Yeah. Right, Benny. Well, thank you very much for um, stretching our minds with all of those wonderful questions. Thank Thank you. you very much indeed for getting through to us this evening. Thank you very much, and I think your program is very interesting. You know, sometimes we lawyers don't participate in these things, but no. I think, you know, your program is such a nature standard that allows us to come in and poke arguments in laws and find out the way in from our own expertise and our own experts that come on your program to assist the public. Well, thank you so much for yeah, that, Benny. It, it makes it all worthwhile hearing stories like that. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks for getting through. Good night to you. Bye-bye. That really makes you really want to keep doing this, hey? Yeah, totally. ZD in Durban, good evening. Good evening to you, Karen Keys. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Uh, Very well, thank you. And good evening to your guest as well. How can we help? Okay, um, I'm going to tell you how you're going to help me now. Uh, I always deal with the municipalities because I always have many problems with the municipalities on all occasions, Mm -hmm. on many occasions. And uh, I just want to say that uh, how is it when you write a letter to the, uh, to the municipality in connection of d- uh, discrepancies on their part? Uh-huh. The discrepancies on their part, and they will not apologize for the negligence on their part, but rather push the buck on you and make you feel, uh, you the consumer, feel as if you are a most stupid person under the sun. And, you know, they, they, and how, how is it the head of departments, they do have secretaries, and you write to the secretary or you write to the head of department, but they have, all of them have secretaries, and they do not respond to you, which is very offending. Because when you write a letter, you expect a response mm. in a short period of time. And if you don't get a response, you feel like uh, people can't read and write in the municipality, the people in authority I'm referring to. And yeah. uh, because we have customer care, they say we have customer care. We have this uh, person. We have that person in authority. You have to travel from, from pillar to post. You know, from one end of the uh, uh, one direction to another direction, you are transported like from one stop to another. And when you get to, uh, when you get to the last stop, they tell you go back to the first stop. And you, you you're like so confused. You don't know who to deal with and who's the right person to deal with. No. And uh, and furthermore, when I asked the lady on the consumer, you know, problems, if you if you write a letter, 
uh, to the uh, if you're a consumer and you write a letter for your uh, over your grievances uh, or discrepancies that you have with the municipality over your account over whatever issues mm-hmm. why why is uh, why is it that they do uh, they don't uh, why is it they'll get your lights disconnected even though it's a negligence on their part now like recently, uh, and furthermore, we have a problem with the with the meter readers in 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 the in the Phoenix branch. You know, we have a problem with the meter readers, mm-hmm. where the meter reader will take the meter reading and fail to put the meter reading into the system, and he uses his own discretion and his own estimated amount, and he will charge you his estimated amount even if the meter was not used or even if you didn't use that amount uh, that con- that amount of consumption, and he would disconnect your lights on an estimated amount which is not sure whether you use that amount or whether you didn't use the amount because he used his own discretion. And then and gets your life disconnected on, 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 on so many things that I, you know, I deal with the municipality all the time. And, and the things that they do to the people is just unbearable. And oh. you know what? And they go to poor people, disadvantaged people's homes, people who, who, don't, who, who don't understand uh, about corresponding with people and about uh, liaison with people. They, they will do this to them, uh, threaten them at their place of residence. The media leaders come and cross-examine you and question you as if you are a thief at your place of residence. They do some nasty things. I don't know how we're going to overcome this problem. Who can, who can help us with this? If the lady can just give us the, I know this consumer watch. Um, uh, corruption watch, but I, I want to know if the consumer watch, uh, you know, can give us some directions uh, who, who we can contact to in connection with with my queries. Okay. If ever I have a problem, like uh, which consumer watch? Because sometimes we phone certain consumer watch. They say no, uh, you you have to do this. They don't hear you out properly, and they say no, you have to go and do this and you have to do that. Like you you a bit confused now. There is a consumer watch, but the consumer watch is not there to assist you. Nicolene, any suggestions? Well, this is this is always a, a tough one, and I think it's something that um, service delivery is at the forefront of all the debates regarding uh, election time, and uh, it's it's something that is always a problem and something that gets talked about and promises are made during this time of the year and season, and whether or not we ever see any results is is really. No, but sometimes, sorry, sorry. Sometimes we discuss the issue with the with the counselors, but the mm. counselors tell you, you know what? I'm not familiar with accounts, and I don't know yeah. anything about accounts. I don't know how to assist you. Yeah, no, that is true. So I was, as I was about to say, that unfortunately, some half of it is is enshrined in in politics, and the other half is enshrined in in regulation. So every municipality has their own ordinance or regulation, um, the piece of legislation that that um, regulates them specifically in terms of accounting to to the um, to the consumers and all of that. Unfortunately, the Consumer Protection Act doesn't apply to all our municipalities. But every Tom, Dick, and Harry, I'm not even the even the even the, uh, the young uh, uh, laborers of the municipality or the young mm. staff who's just learning, they also do this to you. Now, I mean, uh, uh, the legislation is one thing. If a person mm. is wrong, is wrong. Legislation is one thing. The municipality's um, legislation is uh, one thing. But what what the people, the staff, when they congregate with each other and what they do to you is totally a different issue. 
Yes, and, and that's... You know, especially when they congregate with each other, they push the back. When you, when you phone the accounts department and ask them why the consumed amount, uh, why the uh, you know, uh, consumption amount is so much, they said, no, if you want uh, your consumption to be correct every month, then read the meter reading through every month, and then you'll get the correct amount. When you read the meter reading through, the meter reader on the other end uh, in, uh, fails to enter it into the system and makes it like it's your negligence. Yeah, I think you, you, there's, where can you take a municipal queer, uh, complaint to? I mean, is there a place you can go to with that? Yeah, you see, it's it's as I was trying to explain, it's a really difficult situation because each municipality has their own regulations. So you need to take notice of that and how that operates. Now, as a rule of thumb, and this is a very generalized statement that I'm about to make, um, it's usually... Whether this is right or wrong, according to the regulations, the onus is on the user to disprove the accuracy of the reading and the billing. So that's where these guys that bring their meters, they do some tests, they make some recommendations as to how to save energy and all of that. That's where they make a substantial amount of money. So in order to build your case, you'll have to get one of those people to disprove these meter readings in some or other form. And then, of course, to get yourself some legal representation who knows these regulations and who knows whether the consumer protection leg legislation is applicable to the specific municipality. So um, key here is... In most instances, the onus is on use, so it will cost a little bit of money to fight this. Find someone who understands the regulations and take it from the um, public protector is the only other ombud-like structure that comes to mind in, in reporting the other types of, of behavior, the unbefitting behavior of, of any officials too. So the public protector mm. is your next step, mm. Cindy. Thank you. I wish you luck with that. It doesn't sound like an easy road. Right, Posey in the Eastern Cape. Good evening. Yes, good evening. Hello. Thank you very much for taking my call. It's a pleasure. How can we help? I've got two questions. Mm -hmm. The first question is about a verbal warning. The, the employee was uh, committed an, an offence and uh, he was told that he would be given a verbal warning. Okay, but, this at work? But, yeah, at work. Okay. But when he got that verbal warning, now this verbal warning is a document which she, he had to sign it. Mm -hmm. Now my, my question is, if it's a verbal warning, why does it have to be? Uh, made a non-verbal kind of a warning now if the person has to sign it. Because mm. it's no longer verbal in my, in my understanding. No. Once the person has to sign, mm. then now it's no longer a verbal, but it is a, a non-verbal kind of a, mm. of a judgment. That is my first question which I need clarity on. Okay. And then my second question is about the, 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 the company that uh, do the test the blood tests. Uh, I went to a doctor for the tests, and then uh, the doctor uh, did the test on me, and then uh, he, he gave me an account to pay for that. And then I paid everything, mm -hmm. and then after two weeks, he phoned me to give me the results, mm -hmm. and then that was fine. But after a month. I, I am called by the company in Pretoria that I have to pay in an account for, for those blood tests. 
Okay. And, and now, uh, now my, my question is, uh, why I was not told that there is another money that I have to pay? Because as far as I'm concerned, I didn't think, I didn't know that I have to pay some other money after I, I already paid the money with the doctor. Do they, so know that, just, do they know that you paid the doctor? They know. I told them. Have you got a receipt? Yes, I do have a receipt. I paid 385. Okay. And now the account for the test is 878 rand. Sure. Well, let's deal with the warning first, maybe. Um, firstly, this is um, maybe a, a better question for, for Michael, Michael Bagram, mm. but um, I'll do my best to, to address it as, as best I can. Um, a verbal warning is exactly that, um, a verbal warning. And it's not in my, in my experience and, and bearing in mind that we're not specialist labor law attorneys only, um, yes. that you, um, you don't record a verbal warning by issuing it on paper, if that makes sense. Yes, um, that's how I understand. That's my also. understanding of it as well. So um, it does seem irregular to, to me, but um, maybe it's a, a good uh, question to, to pose to, to Michael Bagram as well, or a okay. follow-up, um, as he's our labor law specialist on Posey, this program. do you have my email address? No, I don't have your email address. Okay, email me about the verbal warning and the and the written the writing down of the verbal warning. It's law at safm.co.za. Okay. Email that to me, and I will speak to Michael Bagram about that, and I'll get get him to give you an answer on that. So email me that as soon as you can, and I'll try yes. and get hold of Michael tomorrow. It's law at safm.co.za. Okay. Okay. Right. And then, then, and then about that bill, I was, yes. we just I just realised the doctor's bill. It's probably yes. the second thing is the blood test. I was going to I was going to say that that the testing is usually done through a pathology lab mm. of some yes. sorts. So the pathology lab, like Pathkin, those guys. Um, send you a separate invoice to the doctor for the consultation, so that you pay the doctor for the consultation, and you pay the the pathology lab for the actual blood test. If you do not have a medical aid, you pay this cash, or if your medical aid doesn't cover that type of testing, and so on and so forth. But rightfully, the the doctor should have advised you of the potential cost. Um, Eight hundred rand for a blood test, or more than that, is is pretty steep. Um, not even to to my to my personal knowledge does a average um, everyday kind of blood test cost that well, much. It depends how many tests they did, I suppose. Yeah, so yeah. maybe yeah, if there was a series. Several, several tests. Mm. So then, I think uh, the doctor took about six, six okay. uh, units uh, of blood. Okay, well then there you go. That that explains the the excessive amount. Um, yeah, but and, rightfully, and the doctor should have said should have advised you of the potential costs it's you in yeah. my in my experience it's standard procedure and also from from their side they my argument is they should have also informed me before they mm. do the test about how how much that will cost mm. so that if, if for example i feel it is too much for me mm. then I, I i say i choose whatever things that they must they must test me on. See, it's now now it's a 
a bit of a tough situation. So if you do feel that that you want to contest the payment, um, yeah. maybe follow the structure of the small claims court. Provided, of course, and with any legal action, it's really prudent to try and settle the matter first with the provider involved. So earlier we had a call about a mobile um, phone and contract issue. Try and resolve it with the provider first so that at least you can show that you've acted amicably and you've exhausted all avenues before referring it to any dispute resolution um, um avenue whether it's the court or an ombud structure yeah what i've done i wrote to them an email and my question on that is why did they not inform me mm. before mm. before they, they they why did they not inform me about the cost mm. before they do the the the, 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 the job have they, the have they replied to you yet no not yet i just uh, they sent me an email a message today and then i I, I, I phoned them, then I asked them to send me a statement, and then uh, this afternoon I sent them an email. I'm waiting for their answer now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's one of those difficult issues, but I would say uh, get get yourself, um, uh, if you want to pursue it, take it to some structure like the small claims court, rather. It, it won't be as costly. But... Um, you know, with these these aspects, one needs to be careful. It's um, something you've already contracted, whether or not there was any cost advice. You can't really go and return the goods um, in this instance. And um, also the medical testing, um, whether it's right or wrong, um, it's um, they often re refer the results to the doctor depending on what type of test it is, of course, and what type of blood screening it is. And uh, that may that may result in the glaring gap in communication. So be that as it may, I'm just giving you all the information. If you feel unhappy and you want to challenge it, challenge it in a forum that is not costly. And don't okay. don't forget to email me about that verbal warning. Okay, thank okay, you. Okay, Posey, much. thanks for the call. Good night. Bye bye. Right, Jeremy in Parktown, good evening. Good evening, Corin. How are you? It's Jeremy from Parktown. I have first my apology to make. I haven't sent you a copy of the lease. I'm visually impaired, but I'm looking into the matter. Okay. Your box number is PO Box 252 Cape Town. Is no, right? 2551. 2551. Oh, okay. Cape Town, 8,000. Um, my information is today. Right. De mm. uh, deposits on leases. Legal yes. side is... I've been in a place for about 10 years or more. Yes. My deposit and the interest on the deposit. Yes. What legally do I, how legally do I stand to get the um, interest shown on a statement? Or do I have to make up my own statement and copyright it? Well, is it law? Well, in terms of the Rental Housing Act, which has been around for more than, well, I stand to be corrected, more than 10 years. Um, 1999. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been around for more than 10 years. I knew it was in between 95 and 99. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, so uh, yes, in terms of, of that act, and you'll see it's relatively, uh, it's close to this, the beginning of the act, it's not a very long piece of legislation, but it does actually compel the landlord to keep the deposit in a separate account that is interest-bearing and to pay the interest together with the capital provided that there's no damage to the property over to the tenant um, within 21 days of exit, of termination. Is it, is it compounded? Yes. 
And, um, well, I've been in the building over, over 30 odd years. So, I mean, you know, there's a bit of damage which I will attend to, but I mean, you know. No, but the interest should by far outweigh that. Can Even I if it's a money market. Do you know what the deposit and interest is per oh, month? Oh, of course. Do I have to no. my own account? No, no, no. You, you have to, you can insist on demand. The, the legislation further makes that very clear that you can um, at any point ask your landlord for a statement on how your deposit investment is doing. Okay, fine. Thanks, Nicolette. I do have a copy of a um, rental housing tribunal yeah, agreement. Oh, okay. Okay. So I can ask someone to look in there for me. Thanks, Thanks, Jeremy. Okay. You have a wonderful program, Corey. Thanks so much, Jeremy. Thanks. Nice to speak with you again. And have a good New Year this time. I'm sorry I'm a bit late. No, that's (laughs) not a problem. Good night. Thanks for getting through. Good night to you. Right, Elliot in East London. Good evening. Good evening. Hello. How can we help you, Elliot? Yes, Yes, sir. I got fired by my employer without a hearing. Oh, okay. Sorry, you got fired by your employer after a hearing? Without? Without a hearing? No, no, there was no hearing. I got fired over the phone. Oh, wow. That doesn't sound right, Elliot. When did this happen? Last week. Okay, then go to the CCOA. Um, quite well sooner rather than later. You've got a very... days, I think. Yeah, you've got a very tight time frame and that that, uh, flies past you. Um, And... um, institute a complaint of uh, unfair dismissal and then um yeah you'll have your your time in in the well, the tribunal setting it's not a not a court so um at that point you can can claim salary and accrued leave and all those things okay so you okay, must so you must get hold of the ccma tomorrow yeah, Elliot. as close as possible to where you are they should be a, an office close by, and they are very helpful in helping you complete the form. Thank you. Okay. Thank good you. luck. Okay. Do you know where Do you know where the CCMA is in East London, Elliot? Yes. You do. So you get in touch with them first thing tomorrow morning. Yeah. Thank you. All right. And don't okay. leave it, Elliot, because otherwise they'll win. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm thinking you, madam. Good, good luck to you. Gosh, that doesn't sure. sound good. I mean, you can't fire someone over the phone. I mean, that's just ridiculous. No, that's horrible. I'm glad Michael Bagram wasn't here tonight. He would have had a nervous breakdown <laughs> <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> Peter in Mafeking, good evening. Hi, good evening. It's Peter here. Hi, Peter. Thank you for taking my call. Pleasure. I just want to find out. Um, my wife and I have separated. Mm-hmm. Now, we have been separated for almost a year now. And uh, we are definitely going to go for a divorce. Mm-hmm. Now, in the meantime, I've started um, a company. Uh, I've not finished yet with the registration thereof. Now, I was worried that it might be part of the uh, the asset for distribution. Now, I want to find out if I do. Is it permissible by law for me to register it in my father's name, and I have something like power, powers of attorney to manage the company? so that it does not become part of the effort for distribution. How are, you, how are you married, Peter? Mm, we are married in community property. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, you see, the problem with, with um, entering into transactions on the basis of um, preventing a distribution or a payout because you know your marital property regime is going to compel you to do that, 
may very well be turned around in a court of law. In other words, nullified is a, the better legal term. Um, so it's really, um, it's really a, a very difficult situation. Um, there's no guarantees if you purposefully register it in a different name or if you misrepresent the true state of affairs so that you don't have to make any payout, there's always a risk that someone knows or can prove it and the court then turns uh, the, the transaction around as if it never occurred. So there's a bit of risk in doing that. I would, I would go and see an attorney um, and explain exactly in full detail with all the documents and everything as to what you are wanting to do and then to get proper advice, maybe to set up a trust instead of nominating a family member and things like that. Um, it may, there, are, there are a range of options to consider and it's never advisable to just enter into a transaction to prevent a lawful obligation on another, simply okay. put. So Thank be careful so and rather get advice before you do oh. anything. Fantastic. Thank okay. you so much. I really appreciate it. Okay. Good luck, Peter. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, we get, we've got about two minutes. Percy in Bethlehem. Um, let's see if we can squeeze you in. Good evening. Good evening. Okay, if you can be very brief, Percy. We've got haven't got much time. Man, madam, I, 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 I was shot by the police uh, in Bethlehem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, 2008. Okay. Yes, I want to know what what must I do because I went to the ICD. ICD said no, they were not handling the case. They were just monitoring the case. SAPS was monitoring the case. I mean, was monitoring the case. Okay. And it was handling the case. So I went to my lawyer again today. He said I must get uh, this in, uh, a new medical report, 2014 medical report, because I've got injuries on my uh, on my on my foot. Mm -hmm. And pains now, and you know when 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 the weather just changes, uh, I'm experiencing pains every day. Oh no! And okay, eight, and the matter has not been dealt with till now. Okay, Percy. As I said, we are running out of time. So, Nicolene, if you've got a brief answer for Percy. Okay. Well, essentially, if you already got an attorney, you're fifty percent, if not more, there. Um, listen to what the attorney needs from you to to present a proper case at a court of law. Um, it sounds to me like you've got a, a claim for for um, damages on on the basis of your medical um, bills and and the pain and suffering associated with it. So. Um, Go to an attorney, um, presumably the one you already have is a specialist in personal injury and they can help you put together a claim and they will need a medical examination and all sorts of other testing done to prepare their case. Right, well, quite a range of questions this evening, Nicolene. We got through them all. Gosh, this hour always seems to go by so incredibly quickly. Well, my thanks once again this evening to Nicolene Skumanlo, Director of Skuman Chaka Attorneys, Conveyances and Notaries Public, practicing here in Cape Town, and she's been my guest on tonight's edition of the Law Report Program. Nicolene, once again, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. We'll be running legal clinics like this one on the second Monday of every month, and Nicolene will be back with us again for another one on Monday the 14th of April. The Law Report is on the air on SAFM every Monday evening between 9 and 10, and a reminder that there's a list of available documents on the Facebook page, Law on SAFM, and if you'd like any of them, post a message on Facebook, but please remember to include your email address so I can 
send the copies to you. If you don't have access to Facebook, you can email me on law at safm.co.za and I can send you a copy of the list so you can choose what you want. And the list has been seriously updated in the last week. Loads of new documents available. Well, I'll be back with you again tomorrow evening just after nine with our monthly phone-in on health matters. And this month we'll be talking about endometriosis and infertility with Dr. Paul LaRue, Reproductive Medicine Specialist at Cape Fertility Clinic in Cape Town. So join me for that. Well, Stephen Kirk is up next with some nighttime music. Hello, Stephen.